Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Um, and uh, David Seymour uh, came back to Auckland, had a look around, uh, which is more than Jacinda Ardern, our Prime Minister, has done in the last 10 weeks. Um, how, how is that government response to COVID going? Uh, and, and meanwhile, uh, unfortunately, Christchurch, of course, has now got a taste of COVID again. Well, now we know, and uh, people in Christchurch will be uh, happy about the fact that the uh, city is staying at level two mm. for the moment. Um, the the person in, There are two people in Christchurch with COVID, as most people know. They live in Bishopdale, one of the uh, northwestern suburbs, and that suburb has uh, 90% first vaccination dose rate and 70% second. Uh, the infected household member, or sorry, the person in Christchurch travelled up to Auckland and came back uh, was going up there to care for a, tri- a child and tested negative before travelling both ways. Mm. And their household member is a truck driver who has been travelling around Christchurch. So there are three households with nine people as close contacts in Christchurch. And all people throughout Canterbury are being urged to get tests and follow rules on isolating. They should check the website for test sites, uh, covid19.govt.nz, and wastewater tests are going to be carried out in the next couple of days in the surrounding suburbs. Yeah, so certainly some good news for Cantabrians at this stage, James. And looking at the pictures we've seen today at those testing sites, it appears to be half of Christchurch down there at the moment getting tested, Mm. and I'd hope getting down to that vaccination centre if you haven't got your first dose or indeed uh, stepping up your second dose. But the question we were just having to think about before was for for Cantabrians right now, was that the right move to make to keep us in level two at this stage with those two cases, considering how Auckland was locked down with that one case and the rest of New Zealand and Auckland hasn't come out of that lockdown? Yeah, it's another classic example, isn't it, of the rules just seem to change and change and change every day. Um. Here's somebody who is still locked down. But this revelation of COVID reaching Canterbury must surely give those who've been sitting on the fence, taking a wait-and-see kind of approach to it, the sort of push they need to get to the nearest vaccination clinic. So do you want a bit of time to allow those who've been a bit, well, why would I when it's not down here? You know, nothing sort of propels you and and hones your decision-making once you know you've got COVID in the community. Just look at what happened in Raglan. You know, traditionally a place where people like to live free of government interference and taking an alternative approach to the way they manage their health. Having the galloping COVIDs running through there sort of got them down to the nearest vaccination clinics pretty jolly quickly. So would you like time to get those who are sitting on the fence into the vaccination clinics? Or are you hoping against hope this is just going to be contained and quiet and you can keep your level two, which I have to tell you is a whole lot better than level three bar one minus five, carry the six and times it by two. Uh, From 10 to 11, we'll be talking three waters. Dr. Muriel Newman is my guest that hour. But for the first hour, I'd love to hear from those of you in the South Island. How are you feeling? Confident? Nervous? taking a wait-and-see approach. I imagine if you are a retailer, you'll be crossing your fingers that this is one of those incidents where, yet again, luck means 
that you live to trade under level two another day. So obviously, um, you know, that happened before the first lot of audio. It all gets very confusing. It's a bit like time travel, isn't it, these podcasts? Uh, anyway, I can take bring you right up to date uh, with, as far as last night goes because, um, yeah, Marcus uh, yeah, was reflecting on the day's events as well. Broadcasting from the South Island, 22 degrees at 5 o'clock with a seal on the beach. So it has been a spectacular day, the day where we officially welcomed COVID into the South Island. Don't know about you, but I'm very happy that the South Island is at level two. Had some interesting discussions with people in Auckland about COVID today. There's almost a sense of relief in Auckland that COVID has now spread, that people around the country now realise what it's been like for them the last 73, 74, 75 days. Because they haven't felt the love. And I think they have been challenged by some of those South Island business voices saying, why aren't we in level one? As these people continue in Auckland to educate their kids at home and try and go about their lives and try and have some normalcy in challenging times, obviously worried about kids' metrics and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it would be an exaggeration to say here in the Auckland studio when the news came through with those Christchurch cases that we did a little dance up here. I don't... That's not true. You've got to hate Aucklanders, don't you? Um, anyway, so COVID came to Christchurch. David Seymour came to Auckland. How did he get in? You get confronted by the sense of um, gloom? Yep. The Prime Minister spends every day surrounded by people uh, whose own salaries get paid without fail fortnightly by the taxpayer. Uh, I just spoke to dozens of business owners who are saying, despite being brave and resourceful, self-reliant people, uh, it's just not sustainable. Their outgoings exceed uh, their incomings every week. They're running down their capital. People are borrowing uh, relatives, uh, running up against their mortgage. Uh, and the main thing that they want is they're prepared to put up with a lot, but some certainty about when and how it ends. Uh, they don't understand the traffic light system. They don't have faith in the transition to it. Uh, and they are, again, as I say, putting on a, a brave face behind the masks. But uh, they, they need some certainty and they need uh, a government that actually balances what they're feeling uh, with the slightly more, uh, I guess, intellectual advice that, that the government is getting from public health experts every day. Um, David, I was told that you were inundated with requests from business people to, to just meet while you were in the city, and obviously you're only there for a day, so you don't have time. Why do you think they wanted to meet with you? Is it a sense that they just need somebody in Wellington to, to hear their story and know what's happening? Yep, and look, this has been the case all through uh, the pandemic. It's been people that have new technology and services for doing testing and tracing and so on can't get an ear uh, from uh, the Ministry of Health. Now it's people uh, with businesses who need to see the policy uh, rebalance. Uh, now, you know, to be perfectly frank, uh, I'm an opposition MP. I can't change the laws. Uh, but what they want at this point, as you say, is somebody who is actually prepared to listen. And what I can tell you is that while I didn't hear anything today that I hadn't already been told in some way by email or by phone call.
be different to look people in the eye instead of the Zoom screen. Yeah, it is quite difficult to look people in the eye on Zoom because um, you've got to, to do that. You've got to look straight at your camera, um, and depending on how you've got your um, Zoom or your uh, Teams or your WebEx or your Google Meet set up. Uh, they might be anywhere on the screen, and then you're not really looking at them. It looks like you're looking at something else more interesting, even though you are looking directly at them. It's a challenge, isn't it? And I don't think they've quite figured that... They, they really need to put... Come up with a screen with the camera in the middle of the screen. Why haven't they got that technology yet? Um, anyway, I've got a little bit sidetracked there. I've got a little bit bogged down with the tech of it all. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Kate Hawksby started yesterday morning just with another bank government session. And I, yeah, as, as I think we've established the theme of the podcast today, uh, Auckland is pretty over it. Then we got the, to the poor old Waikato. Languishing in level three, they got the big news. They can move to picnics and play some golf. What I want to know is, why are they staying in level three with only six cases in the community, all in Hamilton and all linked? Apparently, as Hipkins put it yesterday, it's because it's a difficult group to contact trace. When he was pressed on this, which he didn't like, by the way, uh, he simply repeated, they're a difficult group to contact trace. That's all he would say, which, of course, tells us nothing and everything all at the same time. I mean, history tells us the group the government tends to protect the privacy of the most is who? Gangs. Who are these difficult people? Why, Why are they not cooperating? Are they being difficult for a reason? Why are their difficulties not being addressed? Or how are you trying to address them? Why hold Waikato to ransom for a small group of difficult people? And how do you define difficult, for goodness sake? I mean, they should know by now that in the absence of information, all that does is stir rumour and upset. The other strange thing about the approach to Waikato is the government's words they're looking to stamp it out there. Stamp it out? Why? That's elimination. I thought we ditched that. Why is the Waikato having a unique approach taken when the rest of us are all being told we're going to have to learn to live with the virus? So another frustrating press conference of absolutely no use or merit, which left us with more questions than answers. This government is doing my head in. Um, Yeah, certainly uh, the hosts I deal with personally here at ZB. So I see Kate every morning, I see Mike every morning, I see Kerry every morning. Um, I see the overnight hosts every morning, Bruce and Tim and Roman, people like that. Um, I feel sorry for them because re- they 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 do actually have to immerse themselves in the news even when they're not at work, so they you know they know what they're talking about. See, I leave this building and I just try and pretend that none of it's happening, um, and I think that's healthy. I'm sorry that I didn't manage to do that during this podcast today. It's definitely It definitely happened on this podcast today, didn't it? Uh, we'll see what happens with the weekend edition on Monday. Until then, I'm Glenn ZB. See you then.